In this episode, we dive into the Cancer New Moon on Venus Day, July 9th, the Venus and Mars conjunction that happens a few days later in passionate, fiery, creative, and spiritual Leo, as well as I invite you to join me in a very special Hieroscamos Masterclass in celebration of the astrology and the potent portals opening up this July. We culminate with a story medicine journey connecting with La Loba. Welcome to Stars, Stones, and Stories. I am your host, Rama, and together we are weaving ancient future wisdom as we birth the new earth. If you're into astrology, cosmology, living mythology, earth-based spirituality, and ancestral healing, you are home. If you've stumbled upon this podcast and are new to these topics, this is Sovereign Sanctuary to expand and deepen your wisdom. As a cosmic priestess, I witness many at the threshold of great transformation. I specialize in astrological divination, sacred site activations, and priestess arts for the Aquarian Age. You may learn more about my work and budding mystery school at earthseedtemplearts.com or follow Earthseed Temple Arts on Instagram. This community is your opportunity to claim your story, your unique identity and power, knowing that you are the hero of your own journey. You are a hologram for the collective, and you matter. The world needs your gifts and creativity now more than ever. Crystallize your medicine. Oh, great ancient ones, great ancestors, we call to you. May you hear the voices of your descendants traversing through time and space. We humbly ask for your support, your wise medicine ways, and your genius solutions in these times. Dear ancestors, we wish to partner with you, for we know we cannot do this alone. As we traverse the mystery, we ask that you, our starry ancestors, are with us each breath of the way. May we have clarity of mind and crystalline vision to see through the dark. May we walk our paths of high holy truth, as that is what is needed now more than ever. And so it is. Welcome to another episode of Stars, Stones, and Stories. I'm so grateful that you're here. Many of you who are returning listeners know how much I see podcasting as a form of art. And like any form of art, it is a collaboration to some extent, particularly this kind of living, breathing art and so you, as the listener, are just as important as I am in this journey because it only continues with your commitment and your ability to show up episode after episode or dropping in whenever you're able to. So welcome back and welcome to any new listeners out there. If you are new or newer, I encourage you to follow this podcast, Star Stones and Stories, in your favorite podcast app. You can also always go straight to my website, earthseedtemplearts.com, and listen in there on the front page, the welcome page, or also the website that hosts my podcast, which is starsstonesandstories.com. But I really encourage you, if you're on the newer spectrum, is to take a chance to listen back to the previous episodes that really jump out at you, although they are astrologically 
based, and I'm always speaking of the current astrology, there are gems of wisdom in there that if you're wanting to learn more about astrology and cosmology and mythology, I think you'll really enjoy them. Particularly, episodes 16 and 17 are important as they cover the great conjunction and we'll be living the reverberations of this great air conjunction, first degree of Aquarius when Jupiter and Saturn met up on December 21st of 2020. So that was on winter solstice of 2020. And episode one is definitely an all-time favorite for many as well. So I'd love to invite you to continue the conversation to my private social media platform. The link to join us is in the show notes. This is a complimentary offering and a number of you are are sliding into this star stones and stories circle. So welcome. And um, if you're not there already, I encourage you to join us. It's a private social media platform hosted by Mighty Networks. And there's no advertising, there's no tracking of data. Everything is really and truly safe and secure. And I believe that as we move deeper into the Aquarian age, it's it's going to be essential for us to find these online spaces that are truly safe and secure. I think many of us understand the implications of what we post on larger platforms like Instagram and Facebook, which are owned by the same company, and that it doesn't take much to be censored or shut down for a week here or there. I've had it happen to me just from deleting people that I follow on Instagram once I was locked out of my account for an entire week. So I personally, as we're going deeper into the Aquarian age, I'm finding that when I do choose to be online, I'm preferring to be in the spaces that I have full control of my data. And that's like my personal website. That's the different circles that I hope host within the Earthseed Temple Arts platform that is hosted by Mighty Networks. And of course, this podcast. So if you're interested in sustaining the work, you're always welcome to book a reading with me at support at earthseedtemplearts.com or you can just go to my website earthseedtemplearts.com and book a session there. Uh, also, if you are on Instagram, please follow and share with your friends. I'm on Instagram at Earthseed Temple Arts and also at Starstones and Stories. And stay tuned because next episode that I share, episode 32, I'll be offering a half hour complimentary reading a giveaway through Instagram, and the details will be coming out in the next podcast episode. Also, in the show notes, you can click through and sign up for my weekly Venetian love notes. I send these out every Friday. They're my devotional offering to you all beyond this podcast, which is a bi-weekly affair. And these Venetian love notes, I've been sending them out weekly, every Friday for about seven years now. So this is definitely a practice of mine and I love it. And I love connecting with you all, sharing with the current astrology, sharing any kind of upcoming events or pilgrimages that I have. And that leads me to a very special Hieros Gamos masterclass that I'm offering this July. It's a two-part teaching. The first part will be taught on July 13th, 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And the second part on the 20th of July, also the same time, 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And each session will be recorded And you'll have continual access to that. The information from the course, you'll get a recording from the live teaching. There will also be 
a separate guided audio meditation for each class and a mini like curriculum. And they'll all be stored within my Mysterium, within the mystery school that I host. So if you're interested, session one is the dance of the beloved and session two is we are the Magdalens. And this is a two-part masterclass. You can join both parts for $88 or you can join one part for 55 if you're not feeling called to both. However, they both feed into one another. And in my show notes, you can click the link to discover more. But they're very, very special teachings that are going to be weaving esoteric and academic information that is rooted within astrology, cosmology, and world mythology. Each teaching will also have a question and answer period. And like I said, there will be separate guided audio meditations for you to journey with the magic in your own timing after you go through the teaching portion. And this is a merging of starry wisdom, stone medicine, and cosmology and mythology. So in session one, we're going to dive really deep into sacred union, partnership, hieroscamos, twin flames, soul guides, and we're going to be looking at the archetype of the divine feminine through Venus and the divine masculine through Mars as they're coming to marry in an exact conjunction at 20 degrees Leo on July 13th. So we're going to be celebrating that astrology. And as we celebrate it, it's going to be through this amazing mythos of different feminine and masculine archetypes. And then in the second part, we will dive in with this Magdalene frequency as we are the Magdalene's. And we're going to be speaking about how you can consciously work with Mary Magdalene's feast day, which will just be a couple of days after this live teaching. We're going to speak about what it means as Venus travels into Virgo and the archetype of the Virgin, how to work with your own Ka body and reclaim this sovereign self as the divine child. And this all takes place as the star Sirius is rising. So this masterclass series is, is going to be so rich. This Hyros Gamos masterclass is truly going to be such a rich experience. So I'd love for you to join us live if you're able to, or join us through the recording, which again, that will be available at your leisure for your lifetime. And if you have any interest in journeying with myself or another person to Egypt at some point on sacred pilgrimage, I really encourage you to take this masterclass, especially if you're interested in coming with me in December of 2021, because this masterclass is going to lay down the foundation of the work we're going to be doing there. And for those of you who have expressed interest in coming to Egypt with me this December, thank you so much for your patience. I was truly hoping to send off all the details with the Gemini eclipse, and then my goal was around my solar return, but I've had to delay it, and the details will be delivered by next Friday with that cancer new moon. And it's actually been a blessing that there's been a delay because as the divine works, the uh, foundations and the um, etheric template for this work has shifted around and now it's fully revealed itself and this is how it goes <laughs> on the pilgrimages that I vision and birth with those who are 
courageous and ready to journey in these special ways, I truly look at pilgrimage as it's it's a deep commitment to a spiritual journey, but it's also on a very human level, it's living, breathing installation art as well. And the way that these pilgrimages come to life is truly a co-creation with the divine. And so I have to shape the clay as one does, which sometimes things don't happen exactly in linear time as we plan. And the clay has really emerged and formed, and it's come together in such a beautiful way, so related to this magnificent portal that we're going through in July as Venus and Mars meet up, which we're going to speak about later on in this episode, what that means. And like I said, we're going to go into much more depth in the Hieroscamos masterclass that I'm offering And what's so beautiful on a deep symbolic level is that originally I was planning a pilgrimage, a women's pilgrimage to Egypt in July of this year for this exact alignment. And as things started to reveal themselves, I just realized as much as I wanted to make it happen, it wasn't the right timing. And what I'm now seeing is how the divine has been guiding me. And what is the right timing is to offer this masterclass during this window. It's such a special portal where we are entering as soon as we go through this Cancer New Moon because that Cancer New Moon officially opens the gate for the unification of the Divine Feminine and the Divine Masculine as Venus and Mars meet up in passionate, fiery Leo. And then we journey through other layers in July as we come to the feast day of Mary Magdalene. This is very potent, rich, deep portal of Divine Feminine Frequency. And let us not forget that we have made great strides in reclaiming and really truly loving the goddess and the divine feminine, yet there is also a massive attack within our current culture to deface, to to really violate the goddess and the feminine. And so we must continue to uphold this work. And as we come to that feast day of Mary Magdalene, there's a very special, special astrological alignment, astronomical alignment that I will talk about in the masterclass that truly, (laughs) frequentially opens up the portal for this lion's gate that we're moving up to with the Leo new moon. It is a lion's gate Leo new moon. So potent, such a powerful portal this year. I'm really just in awe. And that is going to propel those of us who are called to this beautiful, elegant, just very uh, pure pilgrimage in December of 2021. So if you've expressed your interest I have you on my list and I will be sending out the invites by this Cancer New Moon. And if you have not expressed your interest, but you're feeling the call and you're really ready to do deep, committed spiritual work, send me an email at support at Earthseed Temple Arts and I'll make sure you get the invite as well. And so that leads us into the current astrology. And I just want to say that these beautiful portals that are opening up in July, I know as I'm recording this, it may not seem like we're really there yet because this week we have been going through such intense, intense astrology. And 
for so many of us, it's kind of like WTF, like how much more do I have to shed? How much more do I have to dissolve? How much more pain do I have to walk through? How much more clearing has to be done? And I feel like this is a major shift we're about to go through. And it's like this peak of the intensity. It has been working through us in this first week of July. And so we've been faced with this very intense square between Mars and Leo, Saturn retrograde in Aquarius, and Uranus and Taurus. So as many of you know, uh, that square between Saturn and Saturn and Aquarius and Uranus and Taurus is a theme we're working through throughout 2021. And what has amplified this is that Mars in Leo has been pushing forward and has also arrived into the square. Now, Mars is all about how we take action and initiative, how we move energy forward. And in Leo, it's very dynamic, it's very creative, very passionate, but can also be very arrogant and pompous and self-centered and very egocentric. So it, it, it's, it's tight energy. And the square between Mars and Saturn was exact this past Thursday on the 1st of G- July. Meanwhile, Mars is squaring Uranus exact on Saturday, the 3rd of July. And we've really been feeling this energy start to peak this past Monday. And by July 5th, it should start to really wane away. Now know that this is a wild, potentially rageful and tight aspect. It can feel like immense pressure. So if there's any part of your life that has felt like a beast out of control, I encourage you to look to the houses where Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, or Aquarius lives because the fixed energy within us is that which is being truly tested, particularly around the degrees of 11 to 14 degrees of those fixed signs. As I mentioned, this is a marker in our lives that became inflamed and very aware to each one of us in February, about the second week of February of 2021, and then got reignited mid-June and then really has been peaking the very last week to the first week of July. And goddess willing will culminate at the end of December where we have the third and final square between Saturn and Aquarius and Uranus and Taurus. And that third and final square hopefully will be an opportunity to implement some solutions or to witness how solutions have been implemented. Now, like I'm, I've said earlier, this is truly the work of 2021. These are times to practice your sacred rage. However, that comes out for you. It could be like screaming into a pillow, dancing your warrior self until you're completely exhausted, crying it out, or howling at the moon. One way that I love to do this is if the rage or the grief or the emotions are feeling so out of control, you can actually cast a sacred circle and have the sacred space hold the sacred rage or grief. And then you can set a timer so that you commit or you only allow yourself to rage or grieve for so long, like let's say 55 minutes, whatever resonates for you, you put a timer on it. And so that way you can really go into it, but there's also a commitment to not stay in it forever. And then once the timer is complete, you close the sacred circle and offer your gratitude. 
So that may not resonate with everyone, but for some of you, that might feel important to have the boundaries placed around this expression of rage and or grief. And just know that this too shall pass. So basically this week ahead from now until next Venus Day is so much about closure. What was birthed through the Gemini total solar eclipse on June 10th is reorienting itself towards an intuited future. There are visions we've had and hopes and dreams that we've cast and laid out. However, at this point for many of us, we don't really know how the path ahead is going to take shape. Both collectively and personally, we are questioning previous beliefs and values, as well as the archaic paradigms that continue to shatter. And it is the archaic paradigms that are shattering that creates the intensity and the pressure that we are feeling in our personal lives because they are coming up ancestrally, but also in our collective global culture and in the overculture that we live in in each of our respective places and spaces. With this last quarter moon, this closing moon, there is a crisis of consciousness that is happening. And yes, this is transpiring on many levels, including collective thought, how we individually move energy forward, and ultimately our connection to the earth and cosmos at large. As humanity living within the Aquarian age, there is more and more of a conversation happening around the sky, around our relationship to the sky, the day sky, the night sky. Who owns the sky? Who gets to determine what is placed in the sky or what is dropped through the sky or what satellites come to light up the sky? This is part of the Aquarian age, and the spaces of the sky are going to be the new domain that we will be working on governing in our respective cultures. So as I'm recording this on Venus Day, Mars in Leo is trining Chiron in Aries, which is offering a healing potential through the divine masculine. And this is very necessary for Mars to do this inner healing work, particularly if you consider last summer when Mars was retrograde in Aries, right? And now Mars needs to do another layer of healing before this divine masculine frequency comes to meet up with Venus. There's an opportunity to really move the energy both passionately and creatively. Now, on July 3rd, Saturday, is when Jupiter retrograde in Pisces comes in to create this potentially transcendent aspect with Uranus and Taurus. So on this day, Mars and Uranus are squaring alongside Saturn retrograde. So there's absolutely um, an opportunity, we could say, to go through some major challenges. And within that opportunity, we could say that Jupiter and Pisces is offering some blessings for this journey. The doorway to the supernatural opens through the sensual and mystical parts of our artistic selves. And I believe if you claim your life as living and breathing art, you are finding sovereignty. By Tuesday, July 6th, we have another wave of pressure that comes as Mercury and Gemini, who has recently stationed retrograde, squares Neptune retrograde and Pisces. 
And this can be pressure in the sense that there is cross-communication happening, people are not being fully understood, or it can be even challenging to perhaps find the words as there is that connection to dreamy Pisces as Neptune is retrograde, more reflected inwards. So as this communication can be dreamy, it can also be lost in translation. On that day, Venus in Leo opposes Saturn in Aquarius as well. So once more, our values are on the line. And I think it's essential to remember that each breath in this Aquarian age is an opportunity to vote for the reality you wish to create. Many of us are feeling weary from the immensity of transformation that got unlocked in mid-May as that got unlocked in mid-May as we went through the opening of the blood moon eclipse portal. Firewalking is not for the faint of heart. I invite you to welcome the bounty of summer for those of us in the northern hemisphere and even the solitude and beauty of winter for those who live in the southern hemisphere. With long sits in nature, plunges in your local streams for those of us celebrating summer, swinging on the porch with a paperback book, and conversation with beloveds, sipping on homemade herbal teas. Nervines are allies in these times, and I love lavender, oat straw, rose, chamomile, and passion flower. As my beloved mentor, Dr. Clarissa Pancola Estes wrote, I hope you will go out and let stories, that is life, happen to you, and that you will work with these stories. Water them with your blood and tears and your laughter till they bloom, till you yourself burst into bloom. And so this brings us to the Cancer New Moon, which is on Venus Day Friday at 9.16 p.m. That's Eastern Daylight Time, the 9th of July. So you'll need to calculate for your personal time zone. For some of you, it will happen on Saturday. However, for many of us, this does happen on Venus Day, and with it being a Cancer new moon, the moon is in its home sign of Cancer. Now with the new moon, the sun and the moon come to meet up at 18 degrees, one arc minute. So as we're looking to the Sabian symbol, we round up to 19 degrees Cancer. And the frequency of this is a priest performing a marriage ceremony. This is about the ritualization of productive interpersonal relationships, the need for referring to the interplay of union of all of all polarities to some third factor. And I find it really quite beautiful that there is this concept of a marriage ceremony as the sun and moon come to meet up because As I was saying before, it's just days after this Cancer new moon that Venus and Mars come to marry to meet in Leo. Now the star sparks for 19 degrees Cancer is an opossum comes out into the moonlight. This is about where we are craving a sense of being held, containment and enclosure, a safe space for the soul to light up from deep inside, where we may reflect on who we are, why we are here, where we are. And this is also about paradox and mystery, riddles within riddles, how one may connect to the inner world power for ritual occasions to restore the magical, the vibrant inner mystery. 
So there's a lot of mystery that is palpable with this lunation. There's mystery, there's magic, there's also a frequency of reckoning, we could say, as the sun and moon oppose Pluto retrograde and Capricorn. It's a wide opposition, but it is happening. And so those parts of the archaic old paradigms that are being dissolved, there will be an opportunity to bring that to focus as Venus and Mars are coming to marry. What does it mean that they're marrying in the Aquarian age? What does marriage look like? And what does it mean to have spiritual values in the Aquarian age where this concept of uh, corporate science is really taking or attempting to take the lead, right, in the global culture. And so these concepts like marriage and even family values have been distorted in the name of science. And so this is a very fascinating time to be human because, yes, we want diversity, we want inclusion, we want beauty and harmony and elegance in relationships and marriage, and we want marriage to look many different ways. We want people to really be able to allow their values to shine. However, I believe, I hope on some level that we want these things to be rooted in some kind of value as well. And this is part of what is so important in the Aquarian age is that we find a way to stay rooted in the values. This is on one level with the square between Saturn and Aquarius and Uranus and Taurus is about. It's like, what are your values? Are you really willing to fight for them, to protect them, to be fierce about them? As the technocracy is taking over, will you stand for your values? And what does that mean and what does that look like for you? Because it's going to be different for each one of us. So this new moon really goes into the psyche on a deep level because it is about the, the moon. It is our connection to past, to memories, to our emotions, to cycles, to time, to our concept of the divine feminine and where we've been held and nurtured and cared for and where we have not. And how do we want to create our value system to come to life on earth? Or do we choose to be bitter and in resentment about what we did not have? So there are always choices to be made. And this new moon, the sun and moon as they meet at 18 degrees, one arc minute cancer, they square Chiron and Eris and Aries. And so they square the wounded parts of our masculine identity and they square the dark goddess parts of our identity where we will bring up the truth no matter what. So there's also a search for truth and a demand for truth. And as the sun and moon also trine Neptune in Pisces retrograde, there's also an added thread that really connects us to that dreamy, mystical part, that inner mystery, the paradox, the riddles within riddles. And as this moon semi-sextiles Mars, there is also an opportunity to receive gifts from the divine masculine as he is preparing to marry his consort, Venus. On another level, Saturn is the chart ruler when I cast this chart for Asheville, North Carolina, where I live. And that also emphasizes in importance as when we look to this chart, Saturn in Aquarius retrograde is opposing both Mars and Venus. So right before they go 
to their sacred union in a few days, uh, Saturn in Aquarius is challenging them. Again, this is a challenge we could say on one level between the technocracy and what are our human artistic ecologically based values. We are coming to a point where we could distill this emphasis into biological goddess feminine divinity versus distorted masculine artificial intelligence. And so every single choice we make as we are taking a breath in this Aquarian age is a vote. Are you going to vote for organic reality or artificial intelligent reality? And how within this do we create right use of technology? So it is a powerful, powerful new moon. And as we look to the fixed stars, we can see again how powerful it is. Now on this new moon, the fixed star Sirius is conjunct the moon. And Sirius is a binary star. It's both brilliant white and yellow, situated in the mouth of the greater dog star. And some connect Sirius to the Egyptian god Osiris, Wasir. However, if you also trace back through Greek mythology, Sirius was called Sothis by the Greeks and Sabtet by the Egyptians. And this was in honor of Greek goddess Isis, Auset. The Chinese called Sirius Sing Lung, the heavenly wolf. And this star is known for bringing honor, renown, wealth, faithfulness, devotion, passion. And as Sirius meets the moon, there is success in business and influential friendships. So this is very important as this the moon is coming conjunct with Sirius at this time because on a psycho-spiritual level, this Cancer New Moon is also opening up the portal for the Lion's Gate initiation. And if you want to know more about that, you can go to some of my previous episodes from 2020 around August, or you can also join me in the Hieroscamos Masterclass where we're going to really consciously open up this portal together for the Lion's Gate 8-8-2021. Now with the Cancer New Moon, the North Node is also conjunct Aldebaran, who is a pale rose star marking the bull's south or left eye, Aldebaran the follower. This is one of the four royal stars or watchers. It is the watcher of the east of vernal equinox, the element of air, connected to high intelligence, honesty, honorable behavior, eloquent communication style, reliability, courage, success, popularity, integrity, public honors. And this connects to ruby or garnet. Now, the North Node has been conjunct to Aldebaran for some time, and this is our collective destiny. Meanwhile, our collective past, our gifts, but also where we want to be moving from is conjunct Antares, a binary star that's fiery red and emerald green on the body of the scorpion. This is also another one of the four royal stars of Persia, known as the Watcher of the West, marking autumnal equinox, fall equinox, called Shiloh by some. This is about riches, honor, good fortune, strength, protection, guidance. In stones connects to sardonyx. And for the Egyptians, this represented the goddess Serket, as the sun would literally rise through her temples at the autumnal equinox around 3700 to 3500 BCE. And this was known as a symbol of 
Isis in the pyramid ceremonials. Now, also with this Cancer new moon, both Black Moon Lilith and the midheaven of this chart, the middle of the sky, our status, our aim collectively, conjunct Alcyone, a greenish yellow star, the brightest of the Pleiades. This is part of the constellation of the bull and in old mythos was considered the central sun, Al-Wasat, the central one of the Arabs, Taminu, the foundation stone of the Babylonians. This is about ambition and success in agriculture through deep intelligence. Finally, in this chart, the path of fortune also conjuncts the fixed star Regulus, a triple star that is white with ultramarine, the body of the lion, another one of the four royal stars of the Persians. This is the watcher of the north, marking summer solstice, all about great honor, wealth, and good fortune. So there are some really deep potencies with this Cancer new moon. And a couple of days after the new moon on the 11th of July, Mercury will transform from Gemini into Cancer. And then on Monday, the 12th of July, Mercury and Cancer will trine Jupiter and Pisces retrograde, which will be a really beautiful time that Sunday and Monday to do some writing, some journaling, some reflecting, flushing out your new moon intentions in a whole other way. And this leads us up to Tuesday, July 13th, as Venus conjuncts Mars at 20 degrees Leo. So this is the mystical marriage of the divine feminine and the divine masculine. And we will go into depth about what this all means in the Hieros Gamos Masterclass. But I just want to share with you the frequency of this Sabian symbol, 20 degrees Leo. Zuni Indians perform a ritual to the sun. This is a return to the glorification of natural energies. This is a return to the glorification of natural energies. The human journey brings us back to the natural world after a long time of glorifying city living and artificial ways, even artificial intelligence. There is a homecoming to nature. The sun, as we honor the sun, there are peaceful, harmonious, and elegant ways to live life. This is so powerful and beautiful. And the star sparks for this is a black pearl hidden in an oyster. This is about the extraordinary, the shadows that are unearthed, which we need to see, to know, to feel, to reckon with, the soul moods, and in this masterclass, we'll also talk about pearl medicine in relationship to this hieroscamos. Finally, on the 14th of July, Pallas Athene goes retrograde, and she is in Pisces alongside Neptune retrograde. And so Pallas Athene, she's the goddess of the high mind. We're very mentally creative where she exists. And in Pisces, it's all about color and light and form and shape and texture and creating from these spaces, really creating, weaving beauty in our days. So I hope you will consider joining me and the other beautiful souls coming together for this Hieros Gamos masterclass. We're going to go deep and it's going to be a true portal that we open together in consciousness that is an opportunity to move into the Aquarian age with elegance, with grace, and with a commitment to these artistic values, these organic values that uphold the divine feminine frequency. And at the table of the goddess, there's truly a seat for everyone, every single being. 
So again, if you're interested, check out the show notes. You can also go to my website, earthseedtemplearts.com, and you'll find on the front page as you scroll down the upcoming events I have, and you'll see the Hieroskamos Masterclass there. Blessed be. From here, I wish to take you on a journey, a journey of sorts. And as we journey, I want to give gratitude to one of my mentors, Dr. Clarissa Pencola Estes, as I'm going to share a story with you called La Loba. And I've learned it from her. I've learned it from reading her words many times, from listening to her audiobook, Women Who Run With the Wolves, which, if you don't know this wisdom journey, I highly, highly recommend you dive in. And it's not a book you read from cover to cover. You read it in sections and chunks and sound bites. When it calls to you, speaks to you, it's one you put on your bedside table and it becomes a long last good friend. And I've had the great honor of working with her in person and learning this story. And so when I say she's a mentor and a teacher of mine, I, I really invested to sit at her feet to receive, transmit, perceive part of her wisdom. And with that, I also want to honor another one of my mentors, Dr. Maladoma Somme, Elder Maladoma. As I'm going to share with you a bit about water medicine, and this, these teachings come from his village within Burkina Faso, West Africa. And so it is from also my commitment in learning from him that I've learned this water wisdom medicine as well. So I invite you like you would in any of the journeys to just find your body at ease, come and lie down or be seated. We will drift off into a bit of a guided meditation. So please do not operate heavy machinery while listening this. Pause it, come back, check out the timestamps. They're always available for you in the show notes. So just take a moment with some nice, long, deep breaths. As the water waves make their sound, imagine the water is rushing through your body through the cells of your being through the bones of your being through your muscles your hair everything that creates you the water frequency washes through you and your body becomes so comfortable so relaxed in this moment you allow yourself to really sink into this space and your eyes are closed and your breath just finds its natural, normal way. There is an old woman who lives in a hidden place that everyone knows in their souls, but few have ever seen. As in the fairy tales of Eastern Europe, she seems to wait for lost or wandering people and seekers to come to her place. She is circumscript, often hairy, always fat, and especially wishes to evade most company. She is both a crower and a crackler and a cackler, generally having more animal sounds than human ones. I might say she lives among the rotten granite slopes and Tarahumara Indian territory, or that she is buried outside Phoenix near a well. Perhaps she will be seen traveling south to Monte Alban in a burnt-out car with the back window shot out, 
or maybe she will be spotted standing by the highway near El Paso or riding shotgun with truckers to more Lia, Mexico, or walking to market above Oaxaca with strangely formed boughs of firewood on her back. She calls herself by many names, La Huercera, Bone Woman, La Trapera, the Gatherer, and La Loba, Wolf Woman. The sole work of La Loba is the collecting of bones. She collects and preserves especially that which is in danger of being lost to the world. Her cave is filled with the bones of all manner of desert creatures, the deer, the rattlesnake, the crow, but her specialty is wolves. She creeps and crawls and sifts through the montañas, mountains, and arroyos, dry riverbeds, looking for wolf bones. And when she has assembled an entire skeleton, when the last bone is in place and the beautiful white sculpture of the creature is laid out before her, she sits by the fire and thinks about what song she will sing. And when she is sure, she stands over the creatura, raises her arms up over it and sings out that is when the rib bones and leg bones of the wolf begin to flesh out Creature becomes, and the creature becomes furred. La Loba sings more and more of the creature becomes into being. Its tail curls upwards, shaggy and strong. And La Loba sings more, and the wolf creature begins to breathe. And still La Loba sings so deeply that the floor of the desert shakes. And as she sings, the wolf opens its eyes, leaps up, and runs away down the canyon. Somewhere in its running, whether by the speed of its running or by the splashing its way into a river, or by ray of way of a ray of sunlight or moonlight hitting it right in the side, the wolf is suddenly transformed into a laughing woman, a wild laughing woman who runs. She runs free toward the horizon. So remember, if you wander the desert and it is near sundown and you are perhaps a little bit lost, and certainly tired. Remember that you are lucky, for La Loba may take a liking to you and show you something, something of the soul. And as you're in the space, allow your bones to feel so anchored deep into Mother Earth. Allow your bones. Imagine you are being blessed and sung over by Laloba herself. Imagine yourself wherever you are. That is the perfect space and place. Imagine and allow her song to move over and through you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah,
And receive her song, receive her song, as the fragmented, dissolved parts of self are completely shed. And allow that purity of your bones, that recognition of your soul's truth to come together, to come together in this beautiful, powerful way and feel the song of the Great Mother. As the bones of who you are connect to the stones, the bones of Mother Earth, you're able to activate the Earth's grids through this stone medicine, this bone medicine. Your DNA is the bridge of life carrying the keys, the codes that run through your bones. This space, this place where the hidden knowledge has been stored from that ancient primal first woman and that ancient primal first man that came together to create you so very, very, very long ago, eons and eons and eons ago. And give thanks, give thanks for this life, give thanks for this song. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give thanks, give gratitude. And as you do, La Loba has sung you to life and you run. You run off to the horizon and you find the most beautiful, precious water this body of life and you plunge into the water and you allow you allow the water to move through you to move through all the cells of your being as you consciously rematrix every part of yourself you are transformed the spirit of the water washes away soft earth when confronted by mineral works its way around the rocks the spirit of water that can even corrode iron as it crumbles to dust over time water that can saturate the atmosphere so that the very wind itself will calm water water gives way to the obstacles of life with great humility water Water conquers through peace as it never attacks, yet it will always win in the end. It always follows its destined course to the sea. And you too, you too take up this mantle to not only follow, but to embody your sacred, high, holy destiny.
thank you for sharing sacred space. My prayer is that we awaken to the reality that we are a hologram for the collective. By being fierce in our authentic truth, we have the opportunity to elevate life on this exquisite planet Earth. Crystallize your medicine.